Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with Alan Palander. Alan is a photographer and creative director who puts out incredible landscape and lifestyle work on Instagram and on YouTube and on his personal website, alanpalander.com. And this dude is uh, pushing the limits of what you can do with a camera. He's constantly creating unique work that keeps topping itself over and over again. His tones are incredible. Everything he shoots is amazing. He's traveling all over the place. I'm a, I'm a big fan and I had a great time chatting with him. We, uh, we go into a lot. We go into a lot about the business side of things, uh, him getting started, you know, maintaining such a massive workload and travel schedule and, and what that looks like for him and projects that he has going on and some of the biggest brands in the world that he's shooting with, including Mercedes and, and a ton of good stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'll keep this short like like I usually try to, but um, I'm excited for you guys to hear this. All right. Well, without further ado, here is a conversation with Alan Palander. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Alan Palander, thank you so much for chatting with me, man. Hey, no worries, man. Thanks for having me on the call. Yeah, dude, it's it's honestly pretty wild. It's pretty surreal to be chatting with you. So I have been a fan for for a long time. Your work is it's really incredible, man. Uh, I remember seeing as well on uh, on Peter McKinnon's for the first vlog that he had you on. I forget exactly which one it was, but he kind of introduced you as. Um, oh man, do you remember? Do you remember exactly which one that was? Yeah, I think the first video Peter and I did was in Niagara Falls. That's right. That's um, totally right. Yep. Yeah, I was like, we should go out there and uh, show some people how to properly tell a story on. Instagram and he's like, all right, let's do it. So we drove all the way up to Niagara on a freezing, freezing winter day, but it was well worth it. <laughs> yeah. So what, right now you're in Ontario, right? I'm in Toronto for the next three days. Yeah. Have you been there your whole life? No, uh, I, I was born in Iraq, actually. I, I moved to Canada when I was seven years old. Oh, wow. Um, and then we... We moved to this area called Kitchener Waterloo, uh, K Dub. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, w- I went to high school, elementary school, high school, and then I started my undergrad there. And then I applied for my master's at UFT, and then switched over to to Toronto once I graduated my undergrad. But I mean, Toronto's always been home in some ways because I spent so much time in the city. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't feel like I really have a home in the world. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I do have a home, but I'm not stationary enough to to say it's my my home home because I spend like 280 days out of the year traveling. Dude, that's so um, nuts. So, what was high school Alan like? High school Alan yeah. was. Uh, how can I describe him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I, I haven't changed much. I, I was huge into sports. Um, I was huge into partying. I partied a lot in high school. I was the guy that was friends with everyone. I didn't really, you know, I wasn't clicky. 
I mean, I had a lot of good, good friends, but I wasn't, I never tried to be clicky. I always thought that like, you know, you meet so many people, why not just be friends with everyone? Yeah, for sure. Um, I went a little bit hard in partying when <laughs> I was in my first year, but later on I, I had to change that all around because I knew university was going to beat me up. So I was like, yeah, prepare for that. Yeah. University <laughs> or your liver. One of the two is going to gonna be done with you sooner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's very true. We get to drink younger here in Canada. Oh, that's right. <laughs> what is it? Is it uh 16 up there? No, 18. It's 18, right? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, it technically it could be any age because no one really knows, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, in Ontario it's 19, but in in some other provinces it's 18. So, I mean, that's a four years. Were you always a a creative growing up, or did that did that come after like high school? Was that all throughout? No, no. I think it was. I mean, to my own uh, extent, I think that I was always in the creative field somehow. I I loved drawing and painting when I was younger, and then. When I realized I wanted to go into architecture school and I wanted to be an architect, I really um, put a lot of effort into design. And and then undergrad, I studied urban design. So I was always design or architecture somewhat related. So when I jumped over to photography and, and film, I had no intention of doing that prior. It was just kind of one of those things that just um, it rolled into something that I couldn't really stop. And... I was just like, hey, you know what? This is awesome. I get to travel, which is one thing that I've always said I want to do as a as a career and meet people and be as creative as I can. So it's allowed me to do all those things and even more. Yeah. Uh, do you think? Is I I can once you said it, I can see it. Do you see how architecture helps out your photography? Because I totally see now, like how those two kind of infused in each other. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm right now actually just finishing or putting together a video on YouTube about architecture photography because it's probably the reason why I'm doing everything I'm doing now. Because I just I had the goal of traveling the world when I was younger, but it was only to travel the world and visit architectural buildings. Yeah. I was really obsessed with architecture, so um, and I think that's what allowed me to diversify the type of work that I, I'm doing now because. I always had this different perspective that I was applying to my photos. Um, so it made things a lot more, uh, I guess, challenging in some ways because it was like I had to think outside the box in order to stop thinking architecturally. But at the same yeah. time, it was like, hey, you know what? You have this unique or creative uh, perspective. You might as well put it into work. So you said urban design. That was the 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 like the exact undergrad major. Yeah, it was, it's urban planning, but urban planning, um, okay. I specialized in urban design. Yeah. So when you were when you were going to school for that, I mean, you obviously probably thought for a long time that that's what you were going to be doing. You were going to be an architect. When did you pick up a camera in the mix? I started shooting. Well, I mean, I got my first camera when I was really young. It was like one of those point and shoot like. Sony cyber shot. Yeah, it had 2. like 2 six, yeah, two, yeah, two megapixels for sure. <laughs> Actually, one of the things I've I've always uh, been very transparent about is that I've never really dabbled in film too much. Yeah, I've always stayed uh, respectively in the digital yeah. aspect of photography. Same which, here. Which I think has been 
has been interesting. Um, I, I, I think there would be a lot that I could learn from film, but at the same time, I don't have the time right now to invest in that. Yeah. Um, and it is very time consuming. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in when I was younger, I thought, you know, like, hey, I'm going to get a camera. I'm just going to take pictures of stuff and I'm going to travel. And then slowly as I continued to take pictures and share them with people, I saw the reactions change and, my friends and family kind of pushed me to start doing photography as a part-time thing while I was in university just to make extra money. And then uh, when Instagram and like other social channels came around, it really helped give me another reason to pursue it further. Um, because now I wasn't really putting effort into getting jobs. It was just kind of coming to me. When, when Instagram first came out, did you jump on that platform early on? I did. Yeah. I, I could say that I was probably one of the first 10 to 20,000 people probably on the platform. That's wild. Um, but I kept deleting and redownloading the app because, I mean, no one knew what it was going to amount to, right? It was just like one of those things. I was just like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I wanted to share my photos, but at the time I was like sharing them on Facebook and I was like, this is so lame. Yeah, yeah. Pictures of everything that you take. They want to see pictures of you. So that's when I searched for an app, and then that's when I found Instagram. When it's in, in its kind of preliminary stages. Do you remember early on? Were were those just cell phone pictures, or were you actually like emailing yourself photos and editing the photos that you put on there? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I had like the iPhone three. Oh, nice. The dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally the dinosaur. Um, I can't remember if I used to email myself the photos or I used to just take pictures of my iPhone. Yeah. You know, one thing I wish I did and I kind of regret doing is deleting everything off of Instagram. All the old stuff? All my old, old images. Yeah. yeah. I think it would have been, it would have been really interesting to see the, the change because I'm, I probably uploaded like thousands and thousands of photos. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> probably just, pictures I was taking as I was going along. Yeah. I've seen some photographers that, that have kept those photos, at least for a few years back. What they'll do is they'll do like a, an annual screenshot, right? So they'll show you like yeah. 2013, 2014, like just the grid, like of nine photos. But it's crazy because yeah. work, like that's a cool topic too, because work over time, you know, like even if you don't see it because those changes are so slow for you, but we like, you know, like eventually, like let's say five years ago, like if you look at that work then to now, like how, like it's so different, right? Like how has your style changed throughout the years? Oh my, I mean, it's, it's so, so different. Now. Yeah. I mean, everything is different about the industry, even about like photography because an art it's drastically changed so much. Uh, what people perceive to be beautiful or interesting is now completely different than what it used to be before. Like people used to take a picture of a flower and like get detailed shots of it. And that was like incredible. Yeah. Like when I was younger and now it's like, forget the flowers. Dude, I have pictures of those same flowers. I have those pictures. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's like, no, you gotta have like that flower on top of a mountain with a helicopter for hovering over it and like a full moon on the, in the horizon. <laughs> like it is the extent, I think the beauty of technology is that we get to share a lot of information with each other, but the downfall is that too much information can be shared. 
yeah. and then it loses its substance. And I think photography was one of those things that when you saw a photo, it was rare. Maybe the photographer took like 10 pictures because it was film and they had to develop it. And now it's like, uh, like I was just in Hong Kong and I posted on Twitter that I took like 7,000 pictures. Yeah. Literally, I didn't mean I took 7,000 pictures, but I, I was exaggerating the number. But the fact that I took so many photos that maybe like 20 or a handful of them are going to see, you know, the light of day, which is a little bit... <laughs> disappointing <laughs> yeah dude i i totally know what you mean when you shoot just so many like what how what's your process like when you when you take them into you know lightroom like would you whittle them down to like a hundred and then go from there and then and then fine tune to the next 20 or do you kind of know off the top of your head like i remember that like this was going to be the one i know it's in here and you go find it it used to be like that where i'd be like yeah i went shooting and i, I know the exact photos that i'd wanted it but now because Honestly, I haven't done anything that has been just for fun. Everything's been work-related. So because of that, I know that I have to go through as many photos as I can and yeah. really pick out the ones that the client might like or whatever. But typically, if it was just not work-related, I would I would try to minimize the amount of photos I put into Lightroom because the, it could, you can get overwhelmed pretty quickly and yeah. not enjoy the editing process when you have too many options. You know? Yeah, for sure. So uh, going back to uh, to the end of college, so you have a camera, work starts coming to you. What what do those first few projects look like? And were they were they paid or was it just kind of like you helping out friends and family or people you knew or? Well, I mean, when I when I first got my DSLR, I I started shooting like portraits of people and I started doing engagements. I did a couple weddings. And then I realized that that was not what I was interested in. Yeah. But it was just like, you know, the money that you make on the side to pay your, your drinks on the weekend or whatever yeah. it may be. But I was always working like other jobs in my career. So it, like my programs in university were, were co-op based. So you'd work one semester and then you'd be in school the other semester. So I didn't really rely on photography income. Um, but it wasn't until like, I, I think it was my second or third year, maybe my second year that a lot of more businesses started reaching out to me. I yeah. started getting a lot more exposure on, on social media and then clients were coming to me, like clothing companies, I don't know, product, like merchandise and stuff like that. And I started shooting stuff like that. And then third year, fourth year, it was like more travel related clients. And then by fifth year, when I graduated, I was just like, okay, I have to make a decision here. Do my master's or go to and continue photography. So I chose my master's and oh, I began yeah. it. But it wasn't until like the second week that I dropped out because I realized that I had like 23 or 15 flights booked. Oh my um, gosh. Wait, you were there for like, two yeah, weeks? Yeah. That's wild. I remember, yeah, I remember going to Dean's office and being like, hey. Yeah. Um, hey, remember me? You just in, met but... me two weeks ago <laughs> and now I'm leaving to go travel 280 yeah. days out of the year. <laughs> That's interesting because... I feel like in the, in photography especially, it's tough to just be like, you know what? I'm going to do photography. Here we go. It kind of gets to the point like like in your situation. And that was kind of similar for me too where you have some jobs and then more jobs come in and more jobs come in and you literally can't handle the amount coming in unless you give everything to photography, you know? Yeah. And it sounds no, like that sure. was with you. Like even It's like then, masters of this. Yeah, even then it, it, you start to when you give yourself fully to photography in a career and then the workload is so tremendous, 
you start to also go through another cycle where you start to question the profession. Yeah. And you're like, is this really what I want to do? Because this is taking up all my time. And is it now be- making you happy? Because it initially starts as a passion and now it's it's work. So it, it, it's everything is a, a cycle. And that's one thing I always like, I, I try to meet up with any like local photographers or when I'm traveling, when people hit me up and they're like, hey, can I just like, sit with you for like 10 minutes and just ask you questions. Yeah. I'm always up for that stuff because I think that it's very important for someone to share their experience. Yeah. That's um, cool, man. When they've gone through stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Cause nowadays, man, like a lot of kids just want to pick up a camera and become like Instagram famous, which is yeah. a ridiculous thing to say in words right now. But that is the honest truth. It's not about the photography. It's not about the passion. I know the lifestyle is interesting, but they're chasing something very very specific and if that's what they're chasing it's never going to work out for them um because no matter what they what whatever they achieve will never ever amount to what they their aim is you know i mean it just keeps changing all the time yeah dude there's there's a lot of dudes that i mean dudes and girls that um they pick up a camera for a year and they get bummed out they don't have 10 15 20,000 followers right away and that's kind of you know all they're trying to get towards and all the shots are the same shots that you see in a lot of places i dude i read it with an interview with you where you said that you shot at a place and i'm sure this has happened more than once you'd shoot somewhere you'd post it and the next day people would go to that exact spot and shoot the same exact thing yeah i mean <laughs> that's happened a lot but that's i mean crazy. That's, that's okay i think I think that's that's fine if it's a learning purpose. Uh, but when it's not a learning purpose, and someone's just doing that literally just to figure out a formula for success, you you'll never figure it. Like that would never work out. You know, I mean, I can't copy exactly what someone's doing and hope to be successful. Um, it, everyone has their own path, and I think that photography is an art, which is what I see it. You have to be as creative as possible and you have to be as open-minded as possible in the sense that you allow things to happen the way they are rather than forcefully, you know what I mean? Yeah, and dude, Um, I think you figured it out a while. I mean, at least it seems like it's been a while where you figured out your style and your voice and you knew what you were going to shoot and you continue to shoot like that. I think a lot of these people don't know their styles and they question their style and they, and they take, you know, they take inspiration from the same people that everyone does. And it like your work is unique. And I think you're where you're at for that reason. Oh, thank you. I mean, I've, I've also like been inspired by so many other photographers and other artists and creators and whatnot. And in so many ways, I think that's, that's, part of everyone's process is that you learn from someone else and you grow as a, as an artist, but to be, to try to diversify your stuff and to be as distinct as possible is a challenge. I mean, like millions and millions of photos go up every single day and there's a photographer popping up every single corner of the street. Yeah, It's very difficult now to get that shot that is very unique or to get a style that's very unique. I mean, I sell my own presets. This is the edit that I, I use on my, my website. So anyone could literally replicate my entire edit if they want to. Yeah. But that doesn't that doesn't mean anything to me. I, I think there's a huge difference between um, like, you know, just being inspired by someone's work versus taking someone's inspiration or taking that inspiration and kind of creating your own path, which is what I hope a lot of people are doing. 
Yeah. And I try to continuously do that too. I mean, it's hard not to see what other people are doing and being like, oh man, I wish I could do that, you know? But No, yeah, I do that to your work, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> My thing with the filters is if people are using them as a teaching tool, then that's what they're really for, right? Like if I want to know how you shoot and I want to get your filter, I, I want to use that as like, oh, this is what he does. And then I want to take that and kind of make my own style. But infusing, yeah, some characteristics, that's great. Like just, but not copying the entire thing and reposting and being like, well, I hope people think I'm as good as, you know, Alan. Like that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, sometimes I scroll through Instagram and um, I, I, I notice some stuff and I'm like, wow, this is exactly the way I would have edited. Yeah. This is the same picture I've probably taken. And I, at first I'm like, wow, that's, that's awesome. Like I really inspired this person. And then I sit back and I'm like, damn it. It's not what I was intending <laughs> for someone to do. You know what I mean? And to be honest with you, it actually does bother me a lot. And not in the sense that I'm looking at them in a bad light. I, it bothers me in the sense that like, I feel like they're on the wrong path. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And I, I'm always trying to get someone on the right path, especially in this career, because a lot of kids are dropping out of school, like changing their careers around to be these online photographers. And I'm like, listen, life isn't easy. And this career choice is not easy at all. It's actually more difficult than if you went to school and you got a degree in something and went and had a full-time job. It's yeah. way more challenging because A, you have to have business skills. You have yeah, to be that's cre- a big one. Incredibly creative and you have to be able to like really showcase your talent not to just any company like you have to imagine every time someone a client is looking for someone to shoot their stuff who how many options do they have to select from you know you're one of a million billion maybe you know i mean it's just it's a very like i mean it's a very challenging industry to be a part of that's why i always insist as much as you can be creative on your own and think of new ways of really challenging your, your perspective, the better off you'll be because then you'll have something that no one else has. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I love it, man. So when, uh, when you're shooting, do you have a team around you or are you on foot with like an assistant or what, what does that look like? Yeah, well, it really depends if it's just photography stuff. Um, I mean, it'll be me and one person if I need an assistant on site. Um, if there's no assistant needed, it's just me. And then if it's filming, then it's me, um, my videographer, and then assistant if necessary. Yeah. It just changes. I mean, it's it's from job to job. It's different, right? Like, I'm going to Dubai on Tuesday. I'm going alone. I'll be there for a week. And then after that, I go to Paris, and I'll be alone. Then I come back, and I'm here with my with my with one of my business partners. So it's like... You know what I mean? It's like constantly changes depending on project to project. Yeah. So when uh, when you're doing video stuff too, like is that is that primarily uh, or is that coming up more and more or is it is it kind of an even split? Um, a good question. I think it's coming up to be much lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, initially when I when I about getting into video, my intentions were to just create very short like you know like short films but very creative abstract videos and then i realized um i need to get more under my belt in terms of film you know what i mean and really expand my knowledge a lot more yeah and then the guys my friends uh, peter and maddie and chris and all of them they they all pushed me to get on youtube um 
I mean, not not that they forced me to get on YouTube, but I gave them the idea, and they they kept saying that you know you should go for it. And then when I did, I kind of got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, because with YouTube, it's a it's a really particular way of going about videos. I mean, to me, it's it's interesting, but it's not creative enough. I don't find it. Yeah, there's like a like formula, like a blueprint, people, right? Yeah, there's a blueprint, and I'm just teaching people stuff, and yeah, which is awesome. I get to teach them stuff, but at the same time, I think I'm starting to lose my appreciation for why why I wanted to do everything I want to do. I was more in, interested in inspiring people than teaching them. Yeah, I think to teach someone is to like sit in front of them and to be mentored by them. Like I want to get more into workshops and like physically take people with me to a trip. Uh, which is what I'm planning for 2019. It's literally workshops and just bring people out, show them what it is like to be on, you know, in front of me and to see how I shoot. And so that they can ask all those questions rather than me sitting there on computer filming, thinking about ideas of what to share next with people. You know what I mean? And I feel like too, you know, some people are built, they're really built for a platform like YouTube, right? And and it takes a lot to have the awareness, like the self-awareness to know, like, you know what? Like like you, like you can be a great YouTuber. You could do that full time every single day and kill it. But you know that you're the workshop driven guy and the guy like someone needs to do that too. And who better than you, you know? And I think it's awesome that like you can kind of sit back and be like, yeah, like I have a couple options and I think that this is the one that like can really bring out my voice the most. No, absolutely. I mean, you're completely right in that there's every, like, I mean, if you're talented in one thing, you should focus on it for sure. I think that there's uh, so much more that could be said in person and off camera than you know, when you're on camera, I feel so like, I don't know, It's a, it takes out a different side of you. It doesn't mean that it's a bad side of you. It's just kind of a different, I feel like I'm more, um, I can explain things a lot better when I'm just talking to someone versus having a camera in front of my face. But I mean, that's something that you develop over time. I mean, not everyone is skilled as everyone else is. So you just kind of keep working at it. But it's it teaches you a lot. I mean, YouTube, it, it really gives you a lot of confidence and in, in, and not only being in front of the camera, but being in front of an audience or, you know, thinking on the spot and being able to communicate your ideas a lot more efficiently. So in that light, I think it's been very beneficial and I, I want to continue doing it. I just don't think I'll be putting the same amount of effort as I, I used to. Yeah. Have you ever been recognized on the street? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, so, that's, that's wild, right? You remember the first time it's like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was just at a Mercedes event not too long ago, like the other night, and um, I I did not realize that many people would recognize me. I mean, I I'm, I know that people have seen my work and stuff like that, but to the degree where like you want they want pictures and you know like stuff like that, it's just like oh yeah, I think that's that's yeah, it's interesting. It's, yeah, it's humbling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, I know Mercedes. That's a that's a big one for you, right? What what do you do with Mercedes exactly? If you can even really say it, I know you collaborate with them a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you said it yourself. I I do collaborate with them quite a lot. They their their department that deals with a lot of their social content is extremely close to me uh, in terms of relationship. Um, so whenever they have something interesting, they usually share it with me and then I see whether or not I'm interested in it or not. Um, 
and vice versa. I if I there's something that I'm really interested in doing, it all it is is just an email and um, or phone call or text message, and it usually comes through. Um, the relationship is 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 awesome. I mean, yeah. I, I can't I can't ask for anything better. I think that what I enjoy about Mercedes Benz is that they saw something in my work that I didn't see, you know, and they pushed me to, um, to really diversify the type of stuff I was doing and to work harder. And in some ways, like the 98% of the stuff I've shared with Mercedes, no one's has seen yet. There's oh, wow. a lot of content that they receive and that they share on their channels. And, you know, I mean, like, and I think that I like that because it, it, I'm not trying to overwhelm people with <laughs> Mercedes Benz content, but, it is, it is, um, it is a solid relationship, and also a brand that I've always, you know, liked. It's not like it's for the money or anything like that. Yeah. I think it's more just like this is it's Mercedes Benz. I mean, if, they, if growing up I wanted a Mercedes Benz, <laughs> I still want a Mercedes Benz. Yeah, <laughs> is that taking so, up a lot of your time working with uh, with Mercedes, or is that just a little bit of the the Allen day to day? Yeah, I mean, it does take up a, a lot of my time. Um, but it's not so much that I feel like it's overwhelming. I do. Um, I'm not too sure exactly how many projects. But I was just in Japan with them for two weeks. Yeah, dude, I saw um, those pictures, man. So beautiful. I went last year, and, and dude, you captured some really incredible things there. I love that place. Yeah, no, man, Japan is so sick. And I, I wish we, I wish we got to spend more time there. But uh, two weeks is a long time, also. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it, like there's. Every other month, usually I try to do something with them if I can. The only issue I'm having now is that traveling a lot is, is, is overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. You're not paying your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up soon, man. Probably. What, so are you, are you planted for a bit right now? Like 2017 taxes. Oh, gosh. What was that? Are you, are you planted for a bit for the next month or so into the holidays, or are you out soon? Are you traveling soon? No, man. Yeah, like I'm, I'm gone. I just got back from New York like two nights ago. And I leave on on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, and then I'm gone until mid December, and then I come back for like two days, and then I go out again until January twentieth. Dude, who does your scheduling? It's not just you, right? It depends. I mean, I do have obviously people that help me a lot, but if if it's something that's very like quick turnaround or something that's coming up in my schedule that I have to work around, I usually try to handle it just because I know my own schedule better than everyone else does. Yeah. Um, that's one thing my assistant always hated is that he was, he wasn't able to keep track of what the hell I was doing. Cause I wouldn't, <laughs> if, cause I'm nine, this is the thing. A lot of my clients are actually friends of mine. They yeah. text me. They, it's like, and it's, if you can't see an email and I'm getting text messages, you have no idea what's happening. So, so it's, it's challenging. I mean, it's very different, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of trips coming up. Which I'm excited about. Yeah. I'm very, very happy. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, I could see travel. I mean, I travel a bit, but, you know, nothing like that. But I could see where, you know, there's that fine line when sometimes, you know, when you find out you got to be on a plane for 14 hours, two days after you get back from this 13-hour flight, and you're just like, man, you know, it's it's great. And it's like, you know, you're you're living that that dream that, that you know, you aspired to to get to and you got there. But that that's something I want to ask about, too, like, when you're hitting these, 
you know, awesome years of your life and you're, you're looking back and I'm sure if you told your 23 year old self where you'd be at today, that 23 year old would, his head would blow up. Like, there's no way that he'd be like, what? No way. Do you have moments now where, you know, you kind of, you kind of get caught up in the cycle and you have to kind of sit back and think like, oh man, like, let me, let me take a breath for a second. Like everything's gravy. Everything's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's high stress, high reward. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's a description for many jobs. Yeah. But, um, no, I do. I do sit back and I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) But then I'm like, I just sit back and I like pop a bottle, a beer or something like that. And I'm just like, like you made it. You know what I mean? Like technically I, I shouldn't be complaining about anything. Like it's, Everything that I wanted to do, like, dude, when I was, when I started photography, I mean, when I started photography, but when I went full time, I said, I wrote a list of 10 clients I wanted to work with and 10 things I wanted to do. And I did them all within that one year. Crazy. So it's like, I mean, it, it was, that was a, that was experience on its own. But there's times when I'm like, I'm experiencing something in the moment and I'm like, wow, like this feels great. Like the last time I felt it, it was not even that long ago, I was, I was in Milan for the Formula One race. Oh, yeah, yeah. And typically, like, if you want to go shoot a Formula One race, it's, it's not something you just get an opportunity to. It's not like, hey, uh, can yeah. I get to shoot? Can I get Formula access no, to no, no, no. the biggest race yeah, in the your world? access is extremely difficult to get. And um, the Mercedes-Benz team, you know, they contacted the, the AMG team and they were just like, hey, this out, this Allen guy's dope. You guys have to like, and within hours, man, it was just like, okay, let's do it. And then in shooting, you know, meeting the race, the drivers, like, and the experience in, in total was, was to me one of those moments where I was like, wow, this is absolutely incredible. I, like formula one, you know what I mean? This is yeah. intense. Did you get in the car? Do I, I think I remember seeing a picture of you in a, in like a uniform, right? Yeah. I, I was in, that was for for another race. That was a Grand Prix in, in Oh, there's a Grand Prix, okay. Canada. Yeah. I was I got the chance to sit in one of the Mazdas. Um I think it was a prototype. But yeah, I mean that was in, that was incredible too. I mean <laughs> it's intense how like I don't know if you've ever sat in a in a race car, but No, uh uh-uh. I would love to. The most comfortable <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not like it's a one point one seven million dollar car, but it's not comfortable at all. So <laughs> So when, uh, when you're shooting cars, I mean, I feel like, I feel like you can really tell that you have a love for, for what you shoot. And like, is that, is that any different with cars too? Like, are you a car fan in general? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I do love cars. Um, I like luxury cars a lot. As bougie as that might sound. (laughs) (laughs) Good word. Um, I like it. Yeah. I mean, no, I I like, I like fast cars. That's the best way to describe it. I'm not interested slow vehicles i want to see a car go as fast as possible i hit 320 kilometers an hour on the autobahn this year what? which is that's crazy the fastest i've ever driven yeah that's crazy. gotta be weird you know what i mean like yeah so i mean I, I really like performance good engines good makes uh, model you know cars and um, hence why i work with mercedes-benz a lot um but no i i, I love uh, all the things i shoot for the most part i'm a big fan of I have this very high um like I have this condition where I would not work with a client if I don't feel 
compelled to, or if I don't feel like it suits my style or my, what my, the people that follow me would appreciate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like I got asked to go to like, um, like a marijuana retreat or whatever. And it sounded amazing. Um, go smoke weed, chill in LA for a couple of weeks. Or whatever. And I was like, you know what? This might actually not work for my audience. And it might actually not work for myself either. But like, you know, I mean, like you have to be very specific with the type of work that you you, you end up, you know, um, going with. Yeah, that's so, a big one, man. Especially in the beginning and starting out, right? Because people want to just take whatever they can get. Oh, yeah, man. And not only get take whatever they can get, but take anything in terms of payment, too. Yeah. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves is trying to just really instill, not in just clients alone, but in other photographers that their work is valuable. Um, I posted one time on Twitter, like, photography isn't free. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. your gear, all the stuff you pay, all the hours and countless, you know, days you spend editing and learning how to edit and learning every technique. Like, I think people forget how much work and time goes into that it's just like if i put you in, in university and i said hey now you're going to study to be a lawyer it's just like you know what i mean you're putting a lot of time you should you should really you know i mean i get in the beginning it's difficult because you're like well i can't start charging this much if i don't have the experience but then i mean if that's not the way you if that's the way you think then you're going to end up getting paid a specific amount regardless yeah for sure. Did your rates change a lot over the years? I mean, not, not getting into what you, you know, what you charge, but I'm sure in the very beginning it was, it was different. How, how did you gauge, you know, your w worth as a photographer to actual dollar signs? Like how, like, how did you figure that out through the years? Yeah. You know, the first question I usually ask a client before I even ask, tell them how much I charge, I, I say, what does your budget? Yeah, I can gauge whether or not it's even in, if it's something I'd be interested in. So they're not feeling like, oh, this guy's way too expensive for us, or this is actually a bargain. You know what I mean? If yeah. I ask them their budget, then I can be the one to say, hey, you know what? I'm sorry, um, I can't do this project at the time because of other reasons. And they think that that's the reason, rather than me just saying, hey, you know what? You're cheap as fuck. <laughs> Dude, that's smart, man. I, I'm going to use it. I like that yeah. actually approach to it because it, it kind of yeah, you know, puts no, the ball sure. in and then, your side of the court. Yeah, yeah. And then they usually, I mean, then you can see exactly what type of client you're working with. You know what I mean? Like if there's someone who's like, hey, you know what? Like we understand the market. We know what a photographer should get paid um, versus someone who's just like, yeah, we just need to fill this job. Like we'll just hire anyone who we decide on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of clients are like that they'll just like shoot me an email thinking that i'm like your freaking next door neighbor photographer and they're like hey <laughs> yeah like, do you want to and i'm like and then rather than me being like yeah sure here are my rates and spend all my time discussing that stuff with them i just say what's your budget and then they say yeah you know it's this and i'm like okay well thank you for the opportunity i hope you find someone you know that's yeah it. they they have no idea that it was because of the rate they think it's because my schedule is too busy or you know i'm just not interested in the job anymore Definitely. Which is better, I think, in terms of leaving it, in terms of uh, a feeling in, in the relationship. Yeah. And and so you started you started Palander Studio, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. did you do that because you wanted to kind of make a separate channel to funnel all of your work through rather than your personal, you know, contact and your personal email and all that? Did you want to push it through or what, what was the what was the process behind that? Yeah. Well, I mean, 
Calendar Studios is like the umbrella, I'd like to say. Um, so I work under the umbrella. But one day, I obviously want to still go back into architecture. I still want to do a lot of things. But I think having um, studio as a, as a business is, is a good way of achieving a lot of things. And, you know, I don't want to, I didn't want to say photography or production company. I wanted to do something that was a little bit more like abstract. So like, say a company down the road is like, hey, you know what, we we have these pair of shoes. We want you to design them with us. Let's collaborate on a piece together. That would go through Calendar Studios. It wouldn't go through Allen. Gotcha. Because that's technically not just something I'm doing. It's something that the entire business would be doing. Um, so just trying to, you know what, it's a very specific strategy. I'm glad you actually brought that up because a lot of people, this is this is what I talk about when it comes to photography or anything in business is that like you have to always think like 12 steps ahead. You yeah. know what I mean? You 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 whatever moment you're in you have to think 13 ahead like right now i'm i was a whatever i was a sole proprietor i was working as a photographer and then i was like no i need to think way more advanced i need a studio i need a company that's doing a lot of more things micromanaging you know from agency stuff to um creative campaigns and um just really planning more strategically ahead because as you get closer to those things it becomes so much easier to yeah. transition into them as you've already built the bricks as you're firing up your building. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, totally. And a lot of people think that you can just do that all at once. And it's, that's, a, that's the best way to fail <laughs> because it overwhelms you when yeah. you don't understand what, how business works. You don't understand what to incorporate businesses. If you don't understand how to do your taxes alone. I mean, there's a lot of things that are very important in order to make you successful. Dude, that is that is all the truest stuff ever, man. And not a lot of people talk about it. Like, really, they do not. And people see these photographers, and like you were saying earlier, like they see them and they say, oh, I want to do that. I'm going to pick up a camera. But there is so much more that goes into it that separates, you know, people doing it professionally, efficiently over a long time rather than just a year or two. Then people burn out. They can't keep their taxes right. They can't, you know, keep a nice business running. And, and that's, dude, that's like almost half of it. No, really for sure. Is. I mean, 90% of the people I've met as photographers have no business knowledge. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they can't gain that knowledge. It's just they don't have any of that preliminary things that you need in order to start a business. Because once you start thinking in a business perspective, then you start to realize where your value comes in. Do you know what I mean? Right. That's where you start to say, okay, now I spent all this time, all this money, all this gear, all this other stuff. You start to equate, the, you know, do the calculations and you're like, wow, in order for me to survive and make a living off of this, I need to make this much money. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And you can only do that when you when you think in a different way. It's it's important. It's nice to be creative all the time, but creativity isn't gonna pay your bills all the time. So. Did you have a uh, Did you have a mentor growing up, like a photographer that you looked up to that helped you out along the way, or did you kind of learn everything just trial and error on your own? I would say majority of the time was trial and error. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had a lot of friends in the industry, but not to the the extent where I was being mentored by anyone specifically. I think if anything, university helped like helped me a lot in that world because um, urban planning is a very inter multidisciplinary kind of career. It's uh, you learn from law to design to social kind of issues and whatnot, and so you learn a very broad breadth of knowledge. 
And then architecture school is more strategic and it's very focused. So the the combination of everything, it, it's, it allows you to be a lot more specific and see everything as a project. So everything that I do as a step is a, like a, is a mini project for me. So um, I don't just make a decision on the spot and then do it. Like I, I think strategic, strategically as to why I'm doing something, if I'm posting a certain type of pictures, I know that a week from now, people are going to be like, Oh man, like I love those pictures. And I'm like, Oh, by the way, like my presets are exactly for those pictures. And then yeah. it's like, you know, like looping those things together and creating those cycles. But in order to do that, you have to, you have to think very meticulously. Yeah. And you know, it sounds like you have a few different forms of, of passive income. Like, do you think that that's pretty important as well as a photographer, like the prints and the presets and the, the real jobs and all that? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I mean, I haven't sold too many prints, but, um, other, any, any other means of income that you can get is, is it's viable income. Um, there's no sense of, uh, I think financial freedom is a, is a, it's a very vague term. Um, I'm not like, I'm not always chasing money, but at the same time, I know that the value that comes in being financially free then you get to do those passion projects and travel and enjoy the vacation. You know what I mean? Not spend nine days shooting and then one hour like relaxing. Um, so I definitely think that anyone who's pursuing any sort of career should have some sort of side project or side hustle or passive income. Yeah. So, I mean, you work and travel so much, what does it look like for you to decompress? You know, like how, wh- when do you put your feet up? Like, what does that look like? What do you like to do just to chill? Um, <laughs> well, if it's not partying or seeing my friends and my family, uh, it's usually spending time with my nieces and my nephews, to be honest with you. Nice. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause of how much I travel, I, I miss a lot of those, uh, those moments when they're growing up. So I try to like catch up on everything whenever I see them. Yeah. Oh, that's badass, dude. Um, so when it comes to, you know, the next couple years approaching 30, right, man, crazy. Uh, what, what, like, how do you see, how do you see your business changing, evolving? Like, I know like maybe workshops are coming in. Like, is that, is that kind of the next, you know, couple years for you? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a hard question to answer because I'm not, too sure exactly what it looks like every day changes things around <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's as organized as i might sound and as planned out as strategic i am uh things always come up that throw everything it's like a curveball um and that's because the social atmosphere that majority of my job is involved in it, it, it changes so quickly and yeah. it pulls you in you know what i mean without you really knowing but Strategically, I think I, I obviously want to expand on my, my business a lot more. Um, I want to get more into creative directing. Cool. Um, but that's that's something that I think I need to continue, you know, exercising as a skill. Um, but rather than just, you know, shooting the project and doing all that, I'd rather come up with the creative process behind it and then allow someone else to do it and just kind of, able to filter through the content myself i don't know i'm not too sure exactly i'm sure it involves more travel (laughs) (laughs) you built a good foundation man and i mean i know 
I mean, dude, I'm the same age, and sometimes it feels like we're old, but we're not. You have so much more time left. It's crazy. And to have the foundation you have at this point in your life is nuts, dude. Ten years from now, you're still going to be in your 30s. It's wild. Yeah, actually, it's it's a good way of seeing it. Um, I it, It's crazy because I'm always like, wow, I'm almost at 30. But honestly, I don't feel like I'm 30 at all or approaching 30. Um, but that's also because I just really enjoy my my what I do. You know, I mean, it's just so I yeah. love things that doesn't allow me to think about those other things that most people are worrying about, um, which is which is really nice. But at the same time, I can imagine how difficult it'd be if I wasn't. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the 30 is going to be interesting. I think all the years ahead are going to be very challenging in their own way. So, um, I mean, really, like the, the, the last thing I want to ask you in today's world of photography and Instagram, and I mean, I know that like the algorithm is a topic, but that's not even really what I want to talk about. I just want to kind of pick your brain on what you think people should do if they really want to stand out and they really want to make it work. You know, they really want to be a photographer and they kind of get, you know, they they don't feel like they're as good because of these platforms. Like, what can they do to stand out? So there's one guy, he messaged me on Instagram, he DM'd me, and he said, hey, man, can you please take a look at my stuff? And I get a lot of these messages, and sometimes I'll, I'll just do it. And he said, can you please be, like, as honest as you can and help me out? Like, I, I'm about to hit this much followers, and I don't know what to do next. And I was just like, I looked at his stuff, and I'm like, are you proud of your work? That was the first question I asked. I said, are you proud of your work? He's like, I, I need a minute to think about it. And I was like, well, then that should be the, the, the indicator. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that should be the initial question that you should ask yourself. Right? Is your work something that you look at and are happy with? Is it making you, is it inspiring you to continue in your career choice? Is it, is it making you realize why you're doing what you're doing? And if you can't answer those basic questions, then, you know, it's it's somewhere, it's maybe a turning point or it's maybe a, a point in time when you're like, well, I have to now maybe think about it a little bit more and actually put my heart and soul into it. And then if you have answered that question, you're like, yeah, I'm very proud of my work. What do I do next? Well, I mean, that the next thing is to really educate yourself. I think learning as much as you can about any industry is very important. Um and sometimes it's not even about learning about photography, but learning about other things so that your perspective on photography can be different from everyone else's. Um, and seeing ways of applying other knowledge into your work. Um, you know, I mean, that's something I wish I had more time to do as well. But I find that the most times I'm inspired by um, by the things I'm learning. You know, I mean, the, the certain types of movies I watch or certain types of music I listen to. Um, and those all come together in order to help me create that perspective. And that's what I share with the world. Yeah. But a lot of people don't really have the time to absorb information like that. They just continue shooting and continue creating. And then they're like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? Um, and then I think the last thing would be just to, you know, relax. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, and man. That's a big one. about the process. Yeah. Like I won't even lie. Like, a lot of people like myself have lucked out heavy, like in, in ways that I can't even describe, you know, the right person, the right time, the right location, the right post, the right 
comments, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot of things that go and that's all part of the algorithm issue. Um, and realistically, who wants to worry about something like that? That's just like worrying about winning a lottery ticket. Like, good yeah, luck. Yeah, I agree you know I mean? completely. Yeah, I think it, I think the biggest issue is not the algorithm. It's why are you on the platform? You know, really find out what your intentions behind the platform are. If you're just there to get followers and likes and comments and freaking regrams and yeah. business, then then let that be the reason. But you know, what I mean, just I think. I mean, even myself, like I've obviously had my ups and downs with, with social platforms in terms of my engagement and stuff like that. And I, I sometimes felt like shit and I was like, oh man, no one loves my work. But then I was like, no, that's not true. Even if it's like 10 people, that's 10 people. Yeah. It's five people, that's five people. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's 20,000 or not. I mean, obviously it makes a huge difference sometimes, but if that's the way you think, then that's not the wrong way to approach it. Because um, then everything will affect you. And I think with any industry, any job, you have to have a solid appreciation for who you are as a person, your work, um, and the reason why you're doing it. Because if you have that and that's the ground base, nothing will external will affect you. Like algorithms won't mean anything to you because you're doing what you love. You, you know what I mean? That's not part of what you're concerned about. Um, and those are the key ways to be successful because then you start to have conversations with people and I can teach you quickly from a conversation with someone how confident they are about their work, how confident they are about um, being or doing what they're doing or not, just simply from just you know a few words yeah. because of the way they describe their stuff. If they can't describe their work in a passionate way or it just seems like, mm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I shot this. It was really cool. The weather was great. You know what I mean? It's like, cool. Cool story. <laughs> yeah, no, cool man, story, dude, bro. you're so right. Be proud of what you do. And, you know, if and if you truly love what you're shooting and if you really stand behind it, those people will come and those clients will come. And as long as you can have the business sense as well to keep the ship afloat, like, you're good. And it might take 10 years, it might take five, it might take two. But just, you know, be proud of your work, man. That's perfect. That's great. Yeah, I think also like the benefit of having social media is like there is a huge presence benefit to it outside of like the whole, um, you know, money value. But like people are giving you feedback instantaneously. Like, I mean, where else can you get that much feedback on your work? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like holding a gallery with it every single day. Every time I post a picture it's like literally me being like, Hey, come to my gallery show. You guys have to check it out. And then people are giving me feedback on the gallery. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, not obviously to the extent, but like the value in, in it is, is tremendous for me because I'm like, okay, I understand now people like this, they like this and they're more keen into this. But that doesn't mean I change the things I do to please people. But I'm just saying it's a good way to, to understand social. Networks. Yeah, for sure. And yeah social currency is more valuable than physical currency yeah. Um, because it allows you to get those opportunities. Like I wouldn't be doing 90% of the jobs I have today unless I knew how to talk to someone properly or, you know, say hello or, you know, have that sort of social connection. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of ways around it. I think people just need to take their time with it and buy my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Dude, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm buying you a beer that uh, when you're in Los Angeles next time. 
Oh man, I appreciate that. Are you you're based in LA? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm out here, and uh, yeah, Darkroom's out here too. Anders and Thea, they're out here. So they just came over here from Boston. I I'm from LA, but I'm here. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, they were telling me that they moved to they moved to LA, which is right. Yeah, dude, it's cool out here. There's a lot of opportunity. There's uh, there's a lot to do out here. I mean, shooting wise, you got to kind of get out of town unless you're shooting stuff in the city. But um, you know, to travel out here, like things aren't too far. But it's it's a cool spot. No, absolutely. I mean, I I usually visit LA every single year. I haven't had the chance this year. But, um, well, the clock's ticking, man. You have like three, like six weeks. <laughs> but man, dude, it was so rad to chat with you. Seriously, I've been such a big fan uh, for a long time. Uh, super big fan. So to be able to chat with you is awesome. I'm glad we were able to set it up. Hey, man, I, I really appreciate it. I, I think this was a, a solid discussion of yeah. <laughs> so many topics. Yeah. So for people um, that want to find you on Instagram that don't already follow you, can you let them know how to how to find you? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, just follow me on Instagram. It's Alan Palander. Um, and then, yeah, similarly on YouTube and whatnot. And cool. Say hello. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> Sweet, dude. Thank you so much, Alan. Appreciate it, man. Hey, no worries, brother. We'll talk to you soon. That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening to that episode, which is episode 13, by the way, of the Darkroom Podcast. So if you've heard all 13 episodes, that's crazy, and we thank you guys very much. If that was the first Darkroom Podcast you listened to, I suggest you go back and listen to the other 12, and we have more coming for you. So appreciate that. And rate, subscribe, say hi to us, say hi to Alan on Instagram and YouTube. And yeah, he's uh, at Alan Palander on all social. And his YouTube videos are really good. So if you're if you're really into that conversation and you want to hear more from Alan and, and learn more things, then I suggest you go on his YouTube and kind of give yourself a little YouTube university, the uh, Alan Palander way. All right, guys. Well, thanks again, and we will see you next week.